0: Welcome to Points of Change, my name is John Ball and to introduce today's show let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. So My guest is Mark Pitcher, and I first encountered Mark through his podcast, which was called Smash the Box. So that's still up there. You can still go and listen to it. And I was a guest on his show as well. And that was Mark's business operating name as well, Smash the Box. Now he is moving into new adventures, new pastures, and working on helping other people to overcome and heal from trauma with his experiential business, Holistic Adventures. So I hope you'll enjoy the conversation. We are gonna talk about Mark's own journey, his own journey through overcoming and dealing and healing from trauma. And although it might seem like it's uh, going to be a bit of a heavy going episode it really isn't uh, the energy was very light and positive throughout certainly there were a few quite uh, touching moments and uh, you know maybe really for them my story is very powerful but the overall energy of the episode is really uplifting and i hope that you'll feel that as well do like and subscribe to the show as we are in launch i've got daily episodes coming out for the first couple of weeks and then we'll go into weekly episodes i'm lining up lots of amazing guests for you hope you'll like the show and if you do enjoy it please share it with your friends the more people we get listening to these empowered and empowering conversations the bigger the show gets and the more people get to alter their lives in some positive useful way so let's get the show started welcome to points of change the show where week by week i will be chatting with coaches mentors experts change makers people who have achieved or are helping other people to achieve incredible transformations in life business health relationships or any area make sure you like and subscribe to the show and never miss an episode to find your points of change so welcome to the show, and uh, hopefully we'll be joined very shortly by our guest, Mark Pitcher. Hi, How- John. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Very well. Excellent. Very well. Uh, yeah, very good. I'm glad you were able to join us. <laughs> so thank you for thank you for coming along and making it this morning. And um, so we're here to talk about moving beyond trauma, healing from trauma in life. And so maybe you could give a bit of background for people who may be tuning in as to your story and why you've ended up doing what you do
1: yeah thank you john thank you for that and um, and um i've been out running so you kind of uh, take me as you find me this morning classic lockdown fashion in my gym gear um yeah thanks for thanks for inviting me on and uh my story well it, the beginning of my story is a fairly classic one i i I was, uh, found myself, um, in a business, uh, had a, you know, I was in a startup business with, uh, four other guys at the beginning, which we grew, um, eventually successfully, um, after a very bumpy start. And I'm, and I'm going way back now to the early two thousands when it was the sort of early days of web technology. So we had a, a real education and, uh, uh, it was, you know, it was, it was a blast. And, and we, we, we grew this business um, which in the end became successful and we sold it twice and and we all you know did very well out of it Um, and I was on this I guess you would call it you know I was, I thought as I thought was living the dream you know I thought I was on this classic um, certainly in western capitalist society you know pre-covid I was I was on this sort of chasing the dream and and dreaming of you know holidays in the sun and beaches and you know nice places to live and 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 all that was starting to just sort of starting to after years of you know slog starting to sort of come about um i that said um I was starting to sort of bump up against it a little bit towards the end, it, you know as as the bigger the business got, <clears throat> perhaps didn't suit me. And I was looking for another chapter. Um, I was looking for another chapter, and I th- thought I wanted to study psychology. Um, and then this thing popped up in my LinkedIn feed about becoming a life coach. And um, I thought this looks interesting. I didn't even know that was a thing you know that you could do, so or qualify. and so at the time, and um i went along and had a look and i thought hey this is this you know this sounds like my kind of thing and my kind of people and off i went and um in the i went along to one of these they call them taster days mm-hmm. uh they kind of like a free day where you go along to get a flavor and they give you a bit of a sales pitch and you know give you a flavor of it um and this amazing lady stood up called pam lidford um and okay. talked to you know Pam yeah amazing Been on my podcast um and told her story and talked about what coaching had done for her and how she changed it changed her life the life of her family and what she was doing for others and I was sold in 15 minutes you know and I just thought I'm in the right place and I want to be where you are Pam I want to do what you do and there's about 100 people in this room and in the lunch break Pam said okay um everybody go for lunch be back in the room at 1 30 and the room emptied and, and and I stayed in the room and I was sat on my own in the front row and I stood up at the front uh on my own and I and I looked out and I I imagine I closed my eyes and I imagined myself giving a talk to 100 people and I thought right you know the nat- the it's my nature I sort of wrote down the date 6th of April and I thought a year from now I'm going to stand in a room and it's going to be 100 people I'm going to share a message that's gonna impact people. And really at that time, I was pretty naive and I, all I knew that as I wanted to help people and make an impact and I was still working. I didn't, I had no idea really how I was gonna do that, but I thought coaching might yeah. might help. Um, and I achieved that, I achieved it. And, and not just in 12 months, not in six, but in less than three, um, I'm in a, I'm in a big, big hall, big gray walls, 119 people there, all come to hear me speak, friends, family, most of the people I know some I don't all looking at me my big moment <clears throat> and I I give the talk of my life no notes from the heart blood sweat and tears and pin drop silence nobody clapped um and and the reason nobody clapped was that I was delivering the eulogy at, at my son's funeral oh my gosh. um and my son Charlie um who was 18 at very sadly taken his own life 18 days before that and there i was delivering the eulogy at his funeral so i I gave my first public talk it not in a way that i would have (laughs) dreamt of or wanted um and my life was forever changed you know um obviously after losing charlie and my purpose changed and i just threw myself fully into i quit you know I quit the job that I was in. Um, I gave up a lot of <laughs> a lot of money and a lot of noughts. And I thought, right, I need to help people. And I sort of threw myself into a into a personal development business, which was called Smash the Box, which has morphed into Holistic Adventures, as I sort of th- have been. Th- I've had plenty of time to reflect over lockdown um, as to who I want to help the most. Um, Smash the Box has helped a lot of people. There was a podcast, which you were on, which is fantastic. Met a lot of amazing people. And, and really my life is about my, my, my life is my work. Um, And I'm, I make myself extremely vulnerable in it Um, and give, hopefully give permission to others to be the same. And really, I'm just looking to bring connection and purpose and healing um, to people who've been through emotional trauma and emotional pain and and um, you know that's morphed into holistic adventures which when the world comes back will be retreats uh, in nature um, to provide exactly that and 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 dare I say a bit of fun as well because people who've been hit hard sometimes find it particularly where bereavement's concerned uh, and other traumas, um, find it hard to have fun and yeah. find the joy in life again. And, and and there's a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, and, and that prevents them. And I'm really trying to peel away the layers of that onion so to help people. So that's a little... From, this from your... my life in a few minutes. <laughs> and what a
0: story. I mean, from, from your perspective, and because you are now focused on this kind of work, um, mm-hmm. is there more pain out there than people realize
1: is there more pain out there than people realize that's a great question um i would say yes i would say yes i would say um because you just every day every day i'm hearing new stories and reading new stories um i think you know, for different reasons, for different reasons. I think some of that is, I say yes, you know, part of me wonders, um, is it just the times we're living in? Is it the times we're living in? When we're more open these days. Everything's under, you know, we have social media, we have, you know, back in the day, people went through world wars, you know, famines, and particularly in the UK or, I can only really speak for the society I've grown up in, you know, this kind of like you just kind of, you know, shut up and get on with it. You know, people didn't really talk about the feelings as much. You know, um, there was a great quote by Margaret Thatcher towards the end of her life where she said she said in the 70s and 80s, everybody used to ask me how I was doing. And she said, now everybody asks me how I'm feeling as I get older. <laughs> and I thought that was quite interesting as the times. So I think. I think there are more people willing to express their feelings. We have more role models now that are mm. giving us permission to do that, which I hope leads to better mental health, you know, but I we've got a way to go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. There is there is this uh, I think I've mentioned it before in some of my uh, some of my live broadcasts, but there is this sort of idea of the this sort of toxic version of stoicism which is just like the the uh isn't really what stoicism is is these uh the sort of idea of being stoic by keeping a stiff upper lip and not really complaining about Mm -hmm. stuff you know it's like uh you know you might be going through some serious disaster or trauma in your life um but you're just supposed to sort of as, as the sign goes, keep calm and carry on. Uh, it's like, well, button it up and just keep going because that's uh, that's the British way. I'm sure it's not just in Britain as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, it, it is kind of toxic because um, it's suppressing emotions and it's uh, bottling mm-hmm. stuff up rather than processing it or dealing with it when when it comes to to working with people on on healing from this well first of all let's get to what what was your own healing journey like because you
1: um the honest answer to that is i'm still on it and i always will be i think i always will be and i i almost mentioned this at the beginning but if you know you asked me for my story I had a I had a sort of a, a realization actually in the first lockdown in the UK last just only just last summer. And I started reflecting on um I started reflecting on um all the choices I was making, you know, um whether it was what I wanted to eat, if I wanted to do a particular detox for my health or my exercise or what courses I was interested in signing up for or what work I was undertaking and, you know, why I was doing the work I was doing and all these big questions. And and I, I realised that and I said, to, I said to myself, I was almost coaching myself and I said, Mark, you're on a healing journey and everything I'm doing consciously is designed to try and help heal me. So if I do Qigong or if I'm eating well or whatever it is or helping somebody else. And actually, when I first formed my first business, even though, you know, just to be, you know, completely transparent, even though it was done for the idea of helping others, and I get a huge, you know, there's a huge currency in that for me. That that you know ticks a massive box for me to do that. When I reflected on it and was really honest with myself, I thought I'm doing this for me as well. I'm doing this to help me heal. Um, so I'm still on it. Is and I'm I'm just very curious uh, always and interested in anything and i mean anything as long as it's safe and and legal (laughs) um, (laughs) that will help me to heal and i've and i kind of i'm not presumptuous enough to know that i have all the answers or i think i've got the answer i'm not trying to be some kind of guru but what i do is i like to try things and experiment with things and then if i find something works um and i investigate why that works then i might be able to help other people with that and i can bring people with me is how i see it i'm inviting people to come with me on a journey rather than impose something on them
0: yeah i I think that that's that's important Do, do you think everybody has trauma in their life in some way shape or form
1: yeah quite yes i think so um but obviously it's a there are degrees of it the way i mean if you if you were to google trauma um there's a number of different definitions my the one i kind of the way i see trauma is that there are different types there are broadly three types i would say one is acute trauma and i put myself in that category where you know you're living life and yes, I might have had setbacks and some people might call them traumas going back in my childhood. I'm sure I'm not a am not a psychologist and I'm sure a psychologist might have a field day and say, well, there's all these things that happened in your childhood. And they were traumas of a sort. But I but when I lost my son, uh, Charlie, um that was an acute trauma that was like a definitive like moment that was like a distinct before and after it's like life before and life after like bcad Mm. and i imagined and i can only imagine and i you know just you know, talking about the subject we are you know imagine if someone had been assaulted if there's been a rape or a uh, an attack or something really sudden and unexpected there's a shock element to it there's a complete shock um and then there's there are other categories which um would I one I've seen defined as complex trauma where there are sort of perhaps people who have been in war war situations or battle situations they're exposed to multiple traumas um and then it gets a lot more you know there's a lot more I'm not saying one's better or worse or they're just different mm. they're just different and and then there is a continuous Uh, I'm I'm not sure if I'm using the right expression, but I think it was described as continuous trauma. I forgive me if I've got the wrong term, but this is where there's been a succession of of perhaps trauma over a sustained period. So maybe there was a childhood, maybe there was abuse, sustained abuse over a lot of years and it's continual. And whilst we will all have some things in common um, and and I'm sure be able to help each other through stories and, and experiences, Um, there, there will be differences as well. So, you know, and and there's even differences. I think everyone's trauma is unique. You know, grief, grief is unique. I wouldn't, you could take someone just like me who'd had the same thing happen to them. Perhaps they lost a child at the same age in the same way, but they will be experiencing that differently. Their trauma differently from me. So, but I I do believe that trauma show up in the body. I'm reading a fascinating book about that at the moment. Um, called the body keeps the score, which is actually opening my eyes to a, a, you know, and I'm, maybe if you ask me that question in six months, I might give you a different answer because, you know, that I, I'm I'm learning all the time about the effect of trauma on the body and um and on our emotions. Yeah.
0: Okay. When it comes to working with people, then can you give an example of the some of the kinds of trauma and, and maybe some kinds of people who you've worked with and how you've been able to help?
1: um yeah sure i think so i work in kind of three different ways um one-to-one you know one-to-one coaching mentoring is one way um uh i also run when in normal times when we're not in lockdown workshops um uh and i will be running retreats very shortly so i've got a retreat that i've set up um in cornwall uh which will be the first one um and uh, and the other one is, is speaking, I guess, in 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 public. Those are my three sort of vehicles for my purpose, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and my experience um, is very much, you know, it starts with listening. It starts with being, you know, the the key pillars of a of a any kind of coaching relationship, or whether I'm hosting an event, is is I guess, in fact, even before that, is is creating a safe space creating a safe space where there's trust um, and an environment that allows for things to to come. Um, I'm not about interrogating anybody and people come obviously voluntarily. Um, So I would, and and so beyond that, you know, yes, being a good listener, um, you know, without judgment. And really just, for me, it's a balance of listening, you know ultimately it's about the questions you ask it's asking i say better questions or asking the right questions and sometimes my experience is that some people just need to talk about it and they feel better by getting it out they don't need an answer they don't need to be fixed they just need to tell you um sometimes they're looking for an answer they're looking for um some kind of help and really I guess what I do in my work is I, I love models. You know, I collect yeah. models, not not models, but <laughs> coaching, coaching models. So whether it's um, so, I'm a coach and I'm trained in, I'm certified in NLP, and I'm I'm always collecting models that I that will help me ask the right question, at the right time, and also being able to offer give models to my clients so that they can go away and use that effectively to help them in any given situation and i think that's probably my ultimately what it's really about is being able to give people takeaways and and you know tools and techniques that they can take away and think oh i can use that I, I can apply that so next time this happens i'll i'm going to reframe it and think about it differently or i'm going to do this thing you know but the
0: yeah yeah, yeah. But, i mean that, that that's kind of the, the whole premise of this show really is to be to be able to to get a, a sense of that there are people out there who have maybe trodden the past before who uh who understand the experience have their own experiences that may be relatable mm-hmm. as well sometimes it's just knowing that you're not alone in this knowing that it's like, okay yeah. it, it helps sometimes to know that uh, other people are going through going through it as well, and and that there are people out there who who can help or can at least listen. Um, I I remember on, on my other show on the Speaking of Influence show, uh, sometime I think it was earlier last year, I was fortunate enough to get to speak with uh, uh, an amazing storyteller, a guy called Matthew Dix. Um, following up from having read his book Storyworthy, which just blew me away at how helpful it was. Um he was so he is like someone who does professional storytelling on the um in the moth story competition. If you've ever heard of the moth, it's uh is pretty much based in the US. Uh and he's won that many times. He's won the uh Grand Slam, the in the sort of countrywide championship several times as well. And uh he's just an incredible, captivating storyteller to listen to. And he's just he he's not Necessarily telling um, outlandish or wild or crazy stories, he's talking about things that he learns or gets from pretty much everyday life or uh, kind of c- commonplace and mundane situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes that sometimes they're very impactful lessons. And some mm-hmm. some of his stories are kind of kind of big life events uh, and and really hit hard. But one thing that he said that really stayed with me was that sometimes people just come and talk to him about stuff that's going on in their life because he's on a stage mm. talking about stuff that's going on, going on in his, and people can relate to that. And, and that is a big part of this. I think the, the relation and the connection that you can have with other people, especially people who are, who really want to be there to help in certain ways.
1: A hundred percent. And it's, that's really interesting. I'm going to look him up. Um, uh, sounds like a really interesting guy. Um, but I, I think you're absolutely spot on with that. I think there is, um, you know, there's a couple of things there. One is, I, and I think I mentioned when I was you invited me to talk about my my my, my life and business, um, and I mentioned the word connection. And I know that I've run I've run events, and people come for different reasons. And some people will come, and they might go, yeah, you know, it's all right. But they'll find, they come for the connection. They come to be in a room with people who've. Ex- had similar experience that they can relate to and they might find a friend there. And I, I love it when that happens and, you know, they'll go off and then do something together or meet. And, and so the connection is a big part of the healing and, um, and interesting about that, the experience of the guy you mentioned. So I've forgotten his name. Uh, uh, Dicks. Matthew Dix. Matthew um, Dix. Yeah. I think it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic there about being on a stage or being at the front of, you know, you're the center of attention and I think it comes with huge responsibility particularly when we're dealing with the kind of subject we're talking about um I noticed you did an episode on the was it the dark side of persuasion uh, with, <laughs> there's been a few yeah <laughs> yeah and you know I think it comes with huge responsibility but w- you know to sort of take a Brenny Brown example who I know you're a you're a fan of as well sometimes you've got to step into the arena and be brave and go first And if you're brave enough to do that on a stage about anything, then you're going to find, you know, you're going to bring people with you. And if, and I think sometimes it's, you know, again, you're almost giving people permission. If you're prepared to make yourself vulnerable, um, you will, you know, certain people, you know, not everybody, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe, I guess. But people will. um, That's part of creating the safe space. It's certainly a way to create a safe space in a public forum where people don't know each other. And um yeah, I think there's a lot to that. There's a lot to that.
0: When when somebody comes to you and wants to work with you, where do you start that journey? Like how do you even begin to to work with somebody on
1: on the healing process? Um that really just depends. It where do I start? I, I kind of I always like to say I meet people where they're at so you know it begins with really you know a series of questions for them as to sort of what they're looking to get from it um why they you know why they're here why now what are you looking what is it and and you'll get various answers and sometimes they leave with what they came for and 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 some or they leave with something different than they thought because they're Often I find this when people are stuck or struggling with with something, particularly emotional pain. You know they're often, in a, they're often quite, vul, you know, quite vulnerable, and quite um, that you know they don't know where to turn. They're looking for an answer, and I think that the there's a balance to be struck between offering. You know, this I guess is the classic difference between coaching and mentoring I mean although I'm a co- when I'm coaching it's it's ultimately about the, the person the client finding the answers within themselves because for me the, the answers lie within ourselves mm-hmm. you know I'm not it's it's not you know that they come to me and I say hey here's all the answers and they go oh, thanks very much that's great it's, it doesn't work like that I don't think life works like that I've never had you know when I look at people I've been coached by and get mentored by ultimately it is it does come from me um but sometimes they need a bit of guidance um but it will really depend um on what they're looking to change so if it it, you know if it's a I, I, i like to understand what the impact you know what the impact of this problem that they have is having on their life and possibly on the lives of others it's almost like you know, it might sound a weird way to say it, but you know, how's that going for you? How's this problem going for you at the moment? What's that doing for you? What impact is that having? And, and is that something that they're willing to tolerate, um, or, or is it something that's really acute and they just need to get rid of it? And it could be in any area of their life. It could be having an impact on their health. It could be having an impact on their friendships, on their relationship, on their, uh, on their work. And quite not always, but what I see is, um, it's something I talk about when I speak actually, is that often people will come to you when they're, they're uh, I won't say it's too late, but it's something's happened. You know, they've, you know, they got fired or they've had a health scare or they've had a bereavement or they've, just come out of a you know relationship they've been dumped out of a relationship or it's ended and something has happened so that all this stuff was building up and then suddenly there's a trigger in their life where they've gone right no more now I'm now I'm in trouble um so again huge responsibility but it's it's about you know and then it's a a question of saying well, what do they want how do they want to be how do they want to feel and Mm -hmm. and it's very much then tailored towards what they're looking for. So I don't have a, um, like I said, I have models. The reason I like models is that because everybody's different. So, you know, I think we talked about this on my podcast last year, you know, it's great to have a coaching model and go, this is my system. This is my way. Um, but that's not going to work for everybody. (laughs) Right, You have to have some flexibility, you 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 know, you start off, you know, like take, I don't know the grow model. Right. Great. What are your goals? well, actually, I don't want to think about goals at the moment because I'm a mess. Okay, right. Oh, what am I going to do now? You know, so it's applying whatever skills, you know, I have to, that I think is suitable for that that person. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a great way to go to do it. So it's, it's pretty much um, a, a sort of um, tailored experience to people like on a case-by-case basis. I think there are, there are certain things like... Um, you can work in a in a group process for but sometimes some levels of things really do need to be a bit more personalized and uh, Mm -hmm. and one-to-one just depending on on where people are starting from and from from your own journey and experience what what do you feel have been the most critical points of transformation uh, and healing for you
1: um realizing that uh the world doesn't really care and no one's coming <laughs> no one's coming
0: to doesn't see. sound
1: empowering <laughs> it doesn't sound very empowering does it but i believe in starting in the in the depths you've you know in my case because what happened is so awfully sad and tragic and it always will be um so and well, I don't even know if I'll ever get over it, John. If I'm honest, yeah. um, so it's not. I personally, I'm not looking to be fixed. Right. I'm looking to live the best life I can possibly live. Um, that means that my family still want to be around me. That I'm still married to the same person at the end of my life. That I'm healthy and and help and help as many people I can along the way who who are going through stuff. I'm not trying to be anything other than that. Um, and that, you know, so back to sort of no one's coming, no one cares. That might sound a bit negative, but I guess really what I'm saying is acceptance, acceptance that it's happened. And, you know, there's the whole Kubler-Ross thing, which is, you know, shock, you know, the stages of grief. You know, we've all heard it. You know, there's this there's this shock, there's shock, denial, anger, uh, I've even forgotten one of them: sadness and or acceptance, and and you know I can experience all five of those in twenty minutes. You know, so it, it it's sitting with someone and saying, "Oh, well, you, now you're in this stage." I, I see it like the layers of an onion that yeah. you know peel off. So it's sometimes you get a little moment, a little light bulb, and you think, "Ah," like I did with the healing. Ah, I'm on a healing journey. But other times it's more gradual, and it's just like peeling off the layers of an onion. And what I find is there's always another layer. Um, to the healing and but acceptance accepting the reality of what's happened is for me is the start you know it was a was a milestone Um, and and yet and yet occasionally and some people might relate to this you know you get intrusive negative random thoughts um, when you've been through trauma Um, and I'm not an expert in you know well people I know who have sort of PTSD you know experience this but um you know things can just pop in your head and i i still have days occasionally where i wake up and i think charlie's going to walk through the door and then i say I, and then i say i would say to myself i'm like wait and i can or i can be in the queue at tesco you know waiting yeah. to pay and suddenly i'm thinking about hmm, i wonder you know i wonder if he suffered when he died and you know I, I, and this i know this sounds a bit dark but ultimately i'm i'm and I wasn't for a while, so back to your question, a milestone was being ready to embrace those thoughts and, and let those thoughts just sit and be okay with that and not try and repress that and or or actually talk negatively to myself and think, don't be so stupid, why are you thinking that? What a stupid thing to think, stop thinking that. Go and cheer yourself up, go and listen to a happy song because that's the stiff upper lip thing of like, I'm just gonna shove it back down, that shouldn't, because it, it's gonna come up. And grief, and I can only really talk about my own experience, you know, it doesn't, it's not logical, it doesn't go, you know, that's the only challenge with counselling sometimes, and, you know, respect, I have massive respect for, for counsellors and the work they do, and and all professional sort of therapies and therapists, um, and, and coaches, I include myself in that, but sometimes, you know, grief doesn't want to come out, uh, or the emotions don't want to come out at half past three on a Thursday, um, and I've had clients kind of turn up for coaching sessions with me, and say, oh, you yeah, know, I feel all right. I don't I don't know if I want to talk about that stuff today. But then a week later I get a message saying, I need to talk, I'm in, I'm, I'm in, I'm having some problems. So it, there is that sort of element to it. And I think very gradually, and there's, you know, I I I look back and that sometimes it's only when you look back you think, oh, that was a little milestone. But um I think it being ready, I guess the other big milestone was being ready to talk about it in public. Mm. Um and in fact, I'm probably going a little bit deeper today with the kind of thoughts and feelings than I've, than I've ever gone. It's one thing to stand up on a stage and say, "Well, my, you know, my son took his own life, and here I am, and I've, I'm turning my life around, and I'm trying, to, I'm really trying to use that." And you know how, it, you know, people might say that's really inspiring and that's great, but I don't want, I don't want it to stop there. I don't want it to be just like inspirational porn or something like that, and go, "Hey," and then use it to sell a product or something it's more about digging as 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 i progress on my journey and i have more moments and awakenings and realizations being able to accept that for myself understand it and then articulate it to others which i'm happy to do um, so that somebody else might relate to it you know so yeah yeah
0: it was interesting what you're saying and I, I was partly wondering if 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 that may be a point of resistance for some people of having this feeling that by talking to someone about it or by working with someone like you that that it's about fixing it and and making it not a problem anymore and, and what you're saying is that it's very much not about that um because uh, I, and i agree the, those that feeling may never go away it may never be fully healed you know yeah. Um, in, in my own family, we we lost uh, like one of my cousins was uh, was knocked off uh, and killed off a motorbike at the age of eighteen, and um, I don't think certainly not my aunt and uncle, but I don't think my family have ever really recovered fully from that, and we all still remember it. It stays with you, um, but you know there there is you, we still have to carry on with our lives. We still have to to keep living, but there are sometimes those thoughts that come into your head, well, the what ifs or the. You know, if if that hadn't happened, how would how would things be different now? Um, it's not a bad thing, but it is a part of life. Now, I, I wouldn't say I've had. I don't feel like I've personally had uh, trauma on on the sort of level that you have. But you know, we all have certain kinds of traumas, and mine have maybe been a bit, a little bit different. Perhaps more personally, psychologically traumatic in other ways. But yeah. uh, but undoubtedly, there the, there's always work to be done, and sometimes healing. And, and I sometimes think. Part of the reason for not talking about it is almost feeling guilty for, like, if by talking about it, maybe we're putting that on other people as well, or we're mm-hmm. trying to take the, the spotlight or making other people feel bad, and we're not supposed to do yeah. that. Yeah. And, and so people end up, you know, being being stoic for for those kinds of reasons.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it's a great point. I think again, uh, just to reference Brenny Brown again, she talks about that in her book, Daring Greatly, where you know, putting your putting your your stuff. Onto others, almost with an expectation that they've then got to reciprocate. And some people will be a be like, "Whoa, you know." Um, I'm very mindful of that. Um, I just perhaps want to, you know, make two points at this stage. One, one is I'm absolutely I'm not a counsellor, and I'm not a and I'm not a qualified therapist. Um, I'm, you know, in fact, my coaching work tends to relate more to people who want to move forward. It's about they want to move forward with their lives um and they're looking for help with that um but i've obviously got a huge personal experience of of, i've got my own experience of grief and trauma so that the what i'm really looking to do particularly with the um the group work the retreats is to create an experience um where that's not just about talking it's not it's not sort of some people if they want to talk they can talk some people might just want to have a passive experience and being able to channel or experience you know whether it's through movement or an activity um, or being around others or you know whatever that experience is you know i mean the, the retreat is very that i'm doing is very mind body spirit there's there's no Pressure. It's not, you know, what I'm not doing is sitting people around in a circle and saying, "Right, you've got to share your story. What's your story? What's your story?" Not at all. It's about just creating an environment where people, it's up to them. And some people might come along and just experience that, and they, they liked the silent reflection exercise where we, you know, we do a sort exercise in silence, or we're doing qigong, or it might be a yoga element or meditative, and that for them is is the thing um others might need to talk and it and it really i think it, the trick is to provide the right space for that person and find the right person yeah, yeah. but i'm very much I, I guess the you know i had several different names for this business before i started it um for this new direction and i i, I settled on holistic adventures because adventure to me is you know life is an adventure and actually, if I go back to your childhood, life is an adventure. I see it now with my eight-year-old. Life's an adventure. Every day is a new day. And but we lose that as we get older. We lose that sense often because we you know, we get layered with like societal comp- you know, like mortgages and, and jobs and nothing else. And then, you know, that's without trauma and grief, you know. And I I wanted to introduce an element of, dare I say it, fun and joy, because I want to, as well as the sort of what some people might call the heavy stuff, the heavy lifting or the darker, you know, being able, it's something, I guess what I'm trying to achieve is happy to go to the dark places, happy to sit with you in that hole and go, yeah, this is really shit, isn't it? That sounds really bad. How do you feel about, how do you feel, what do you wanna do about that? Nothing, okay, fine. Do you wanna talk about, no, or yes, or doesn't matter, but how do we wanna go forward and giving them, showing them that you can still live a life fulfillment and have some joy it might not be the life that you expected or asked for but your life is not over and that of that event that traumatic event does not define you um it's always going to be there like as to your point about the, the the family tragedy um you might never get over it i don't know but let's make the rest of your life let's give you even little moments where you could say hey I did that today or I did that and I I never thought I could do that hey I broke a board today or I walked on fire or I went paddle boarding for the first time and they're just little moments of joy and I just want to give permission to allow that because I want that and there's a lot of guilt and shame around certain traumas <clears throat> particularly you know when you people have lost loved ones or you know how dare I have fun and be laughing when that person can't or and also all the fear of judgment that people think that will think that i'm oh i'm over it uh they must be over it now because they're laughing at the jokes and they're dancing at a wedding yeah but people should still be able to do that and that's really the essence of what i'm trying to create you know Yeah, yeah To I point. had,
0: a, to yeah, yeah I appreciate that. I had a very similar conversation, or at least this, this came up in in conversation with the incredible Heidi Lockley in the very first episode of, of this new show, and uh, you know, she's someone who's certainly been through uh, trauma, and, and really in many ways is still dealing with, still processing it, but you know, has really got her her mind around it. Um, but you know, talking about that, feeling guilty about. Be, uh, even allowing yourself to be happy or feel good or to smile or to laugh, and mm-hmm. uh, and I think many people get into that, and it's like it's not, we have this sense that that's not how you're supposed to be. You know, the, mm-hmm. that you're supposed to be presenting this image to the world, like you know, um, black veil over your face, and you you know you should be miserable, and, and you're not allowed to be anything else. And if you start being something else, people do start to think there's something wrong with you, and that maybe you're not dealing with it or you're not uh, posting it because the expectation is. Um, that you are, that you're going to be sad, and, and pro- maybe forever, <laughs> if it's a big enough tragedy, and that yeah. you probably are never going to come back from that. You're never going to be the same. You're going to be sad and uh, upset the re- for the rest of your life. And, and it's, it's it's one of those things that it, it, we should never underestimate just how powerful other people's expectations or societal expectations are on us. It's uh, mm-hmm. I'm just talking peer pressure, I'm just talking I'm talking about um, really cultural expectations yeah. to some degree as well, right?
1: you know sadness does not have to be negative people put those two words together sadness is a natural emotion you know like that thing happened to you you know um that's really bad wow it's all it's almost disrespectful to to sort of disrespect someone's grief let's hold that moment and have that moment It, it, it of course it's sad of course it's terrible let's sit with that a moment um and you're right absolutely right about the the cultural sort of or the societal judgment element, because it's not about wearing black, or you know, people think curled up under duvets, not wanting to face it. You know, grief, sadness, trauma looks like looks like this. You know, hey, you know, it can look like that, and I can be I can be done. I can I can play. I can dance to my favorite song, and I can have fun and, and laugh at jokes. And I, but I know that in in a split second, a smell or a sound or a anything can can trigger. And, you know, my son was a big Arsenal football fan. Big, you know, so I, I caught myself. I was having a great day. It was summertime. We're having a nice time. This was not long after I lost Charlie. And Arsenal won a cup final. And in that, and they won the final. finals. Oh, Arsenal have won. Um, and he's actually, he's actually passed that baton on to uh, two of my sons, who are also big Arsenal fans. And in that moment, I cried. And I didn't know I was going to cry because I was having a nice time. Mm-hmm. Because what what are you would it, ordinarily what I would have done is I would have messaged, either I would have been with Charlie watching it or I would have messaged him to say, hey, you know, they won. And that moment's gone, you know, or, you know, it, it just, and it can come at any time. Um, yeah. And that's okay. And that's okay.
0: Yeah, I, I find it interesting. And as I certainly know from times, you know, I, I, I've been very fortunate not to have um, you know t- too too much, you no know, m- m- more than necessary sadness and uh, and grief in my life, um, but certainly like anyone who have experienced those times. But uh, and even I find myself um, in times where you are feeling feeling sad and and missing somebody when it's still very fresh, especially um, that you almost feel that. You try to suppress that also for the benefit of other people to avoid these sort of awkward things because yeah. people don't know how to be around people who are yeah. dealing with grief or trauma. It, it's uncomfortable, and, and uh, so the, the, even the fact that you're creating environments where you know it can be comfortable and saying this is this is an environment for you is so important.
1: Yeah. Yeah you know thanks for saying that and i think um you're right not everyone's ready for it there's different you know schools of thought on that and i i'm very much of the view that um i i understand i understand that people won't always know how to react um, to to my story if i'm asked um so i i'm very um and i you know I've got to keep an eye on my own mental health and make sure that I I have an outlook for it. But I don't. It, it's being I wouldn't say selective, but yeah, it, some people just don't want to hear it, or they want to change yeah. the subject, or cheer you up, and and some people get some people who've been through the trauma get offended by that, um or they think, you know, they think oh well I'm not going to mention it because they'll. They'll think, oh, he's going on about that again, you know, and they don't want to become that person. And and, and there's a that's a very tricky one. It's a really tricky one. And that, that's where actually in my world I meet a lot of people who've got lots of friends and they love their friends and their dear friends, but they feel that they don't want to some they have these times where they just feel they could talk about their their loved one or their trauma, you know, all the time. I could talk about Charlie all day, but I'm mindful that, you know, not everybody. <laughs> You know you don't you not everybody wants to talk about that all the time um and it's it's a tricky one it's a tricky one mm. but um, I, again it comes back to that responsibility i think um it's 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 is it a responsibility i don't know because we're almost i never like to think of someone who's been through a trauma as a victim and i certainly don't consider myself one um Although I caught myself, I have caught myself being a victim at times, which was back to your earlier question of like moments of realization. Mm-hmm. And I realized at one point, um, even only sort of early last year, I thought some of my behavior is victim. And I had to realise that and address that and um around losing Charlie. And um but it's there is sometimes a responsibility that comes with like well, who am I gonna share this with? Yeah.
0: Yeah, for for sure. Um, so I would like to before we start to wrap things up for today, I would like to ask, um, what are, are there any sort of particular stories or transformational experiences that you've had working with people that have really stood out for you in terms of where where you've been able to get involved and and help someone come through and seen those transformations in people? Is is there any of that you can you're able to share with us?
1: Um, yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, I'll keep names confidential. Um, I think, um, you know, and and I'll also caveat it by saying they did all the work, you know, but back to that point of, um, I haven't talked about it much today, actually, but a massive part of my work is centered around purpose, and finding, finding your purpose, and or finding a new purpose in, in a lot of people's case, you know, because a lot of people, lose the will you know and um and probably the best you know and i really love that i used to before covid i was running a series of workshops called lighting your spark and it was all about how to find your purpose and um it's something a lot of people struggle with and you know some people Mm -hmm. don't believe they have one and other people you know and i've i believe that i have a, a great you know model for for working out what your purpose is um, what your contribution is and what impact you want to make, and out of that series of workshops um, there were you know I can think of two two people straight away who who found it and then really took it and used it you know one one quit the job, set up her own business, found her you know found her sort of vocation and is flourishing and is like it's like a different person just it's she's just, just a different person. And it's just amazing to see that, and she's out there doing her thing now. Um, And um, and you know, another one that stands out was perhaps more gradual. Um, In fact, it's almost you're not supposed to have favourites, but it's one of my favourite stories because this person came to the same uh, not it wasn't the same workshop, but it was the same yeah, it's same not the same day, I mean, but the same workshop and she and she was a little bit like yeah you know maybe getting there not quite sure struggled with it a bit um kind of got there but then we did some coaching after that and she kind of got there but then kind of didn't do much with it kind of went back to the day job um and was like yeah it's interesting and it's there's something there and then sure enough she had a you know she had a setback um not a major one but enough to sort of knock her back and suddenly she went back to it and she's now set up a business. (laughs) Um you know she's got funding, she's got a business, she's got an app, she's out there doing her thing, and it's all centered around her purpose. You know, back on the you know, and we talk about, you know, on that day, you know, that day that you know two years ago. And I and I love that. I love that it still stood the test you know of of that and is and is being used and and actually i'll I'll give you a third one because i sometimes when you talk about purpose it can sound really grandiose like we've all got to build some amazing legacy and change the world one lady came and realized she just wanted to be the best mum she could possibly be for her daughters right and that's her purpose
0: yeah
1: and you know, and she started off by going, well, I don't think this is going to work for me because all I really want in my life is my daughter, you know. And we ended up with this sort of beautiful sort of set of words. And, and you know, I love that
0: too. Yeah, I, I love that. And uh, I think most people who had anything to do with that like, personal or professional development in any way have come across mm-hmm. at least the concept of finding a purpose, if not actually done some work on it. And uh, and I know for myself, I, I, I think I used to have this belief that there was like... um Maybe a bit more like, uh, like thinking that, that it was something that was hidden out there. I had to go and like dig for buried treasure, like the alchemist kind of thing and uh, and go and find my purpose uh, because it was out there. And later on, I think I realized and I think I had a big wake up reading Man's Search for Meaning, the Victor Frankl book mm. um, of. Mm that how important it is to create the meaning and purpose in your life and you're right it doesn't have to be some really big thing it just has to be what what's meaningful to you what matters to yeah. you and that's why i always get a bit sort of uh concerned when people talk about success because it's like the success is not one thing success might be being the best parent that you can be success yeah. might be um being the I don't know, the best bus driver you can be or the best street sweeper you can be or the best ceo you could be i mean it, it can be so many things but it has to be like personal to you and it should matter to you yeah. just as much with the meaning in your life but frankel's work the logotherapy stuff and, and frankel's work was very much focused on this sort of um it's very hard to go through life without creating meaning in it and without having feeling that you have a purpose or a reason for being here. My very sure. dear friend Cindy Ashton is about and I, for her philosophy in life is while she's still here and breathing, she's here for a reason, and, and yeah. she's going to make the most of it. It's like, yeah, I, I love that, and I, I think we could all we can all benefit and get something get something from doing that. So yeah. I think it's yeah. true, truly important when anyone yeah. like yourself is wor- working on helping people find that in their lives and create the meaning
1: yeah absolutely um i think everybody at some most people at some point in their lives will have asked that question like what's it all about you know because i think if you take the opposite view and go i'm not bothered about purpose you know you know um or i don't have one or i don't believe in that stuff and you just go off and have live your life you are going to have some amazing experiences you'll have a lots of series of random experiences throughout your life and that's great you know but i but maybe at some point it's a bit like a ship you know but i do see that a little bit as you're going to get in a ship and you're just going to sail now it could be the most amazing journey and you get to the end and you think there you go i didn't need a purpose but usually at some point you know you're going to, you need that compass. You need to go, where. where is this heading actually? Most people, I think it's a human instinct to know where is this, where are we going? Where's this heading? So, yeah.
0: It's, um... I, yeah, I think, I think it's particularly important to know that it's not. Uh, it's not an objective purpose. It's a subjective purpose. It's like it's not yes. like uh, not like, like you have to uncover the buried treasure here. It's like the buried treasure is already inside you. Uh, you get to decide what what that treasure is as well. You have a say in that you must choose your purpose, and it will mean so much more to you when you do. Because I think the the flip side of that is people just waiting to find what their purpose is, and it's like, well, you may never. So why not just decide what it is? And that might change as you go through life as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that; it's really, really powerful stuff. And uh, I love talking about this. And uh, but, but we are we are coming to the end of our time together. So, what I do want to give people who are, especially if those who are on the live stream at the moment, um, please feel free to put any comments or questions in the chat box. But we are we are wrapping things up. But people may want to get in touch with you and find out more about you and what you do. So, how how can people get in contact with you? Up.
1: Uh, basically, if you put Mark Pitcher, which is P-I-T-C-H-E-R, um, Holistic Adventures into any social media platform, you'll find me. Uh, so my platforms are LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook right now. Um, I have an email, which is Mark uh, at Holistic hyphen adventures.com don't forget the hyphen uh or hello at holistic hyphen adventures.com um website's still not there yet still debating even if i'm going to have one i probably will um i'm just debating whether you need a website anymore um but uh, the old website which is smash the box.me uh is still up um not to confuse people which is my former business and there's a podcast on uh the usual podcast channels you know Spotify and Apple and such like uh, which is called smash the box that was my former business but um that email will reach me find me on social media and um yeah you know I'm I'm just here living my life doing my thing
0: it's been really great to chat with you and i knew it would be i had such a great time chatting to you when i came on your show and uh, and i think we've covered a lot of ground today in in our time working together speaking together working together speaking together uh, but uh, it's been really interesting conversation and it, we got into some nice deep stuff and some meaningful things as well mm-hmm. and, sure. hopefully also, and hopefully also. Maybe even demystified a few things for people, or maybe opened up some possibilities. Uh, Either way, it's uh, it's all good. Are there any closing words you'd like to leave everyone with today?
1: You know, and you know, I've really enjoyed it, John. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I just say keep it keep it simple. Um, If you know, to make it current, um, this lockdown has taught me, you know, one thing: it's that I don't need much in my life to make me happy. So now and again, any time, any kind of cleanse, whether it's a physical <laughs> health cleanse, but but just decluttering and keep get get down to the basics and ask yourself, ask yourself good question, better questions. You know, what do I really want? What's really important to me? Why do I why am I doing this? And just really just keep things really simple. And you don't have to pay a lot of money for um. know, personal development or necessarily um you can you can find there's plenty of free stuff out there and you can find you know i'm ultimately i'm a positive person so i'd say keep it simple keep it positive um but at the same time embrace if you have been through some kind of emotional pain or trauma you know accept be ready to accept it embrace it sit with it find somebody to sit with it in it with you if you need but um Keep things simple and um, you know, always keep, keep your purpose in mind and um, that'll take you a long way. And, have fun, and, and don't be afraid to have fun.
0: Have fun, absolutely. Wonderful stuff, Mark. Thank you so much for, for your time and for everything you've shared with us today. It's been a journey. And uh, I hope uh, for those of you watching and listening, you can come and join us for more Points of Change episodes very soon. Uh, Mark Pitcher, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please remember to like and subscribe and leave us a review. On my next show, I'm going to be speaking with Rory Fairburns from One Year No Beer. We're talking about life beyond beer. Now rory set me a pretty tough challenge during that particular episode if you want to find out what it is and also how i'm getting on with it make sure that you tune in for the next episode of points of change hello if you enjoyed the episode please share it with people you know if you think you'd be a great guest or you know someone who would be please get in touch with me you can email me john at presentinfluence.com or come and connect with me on social media you'll find me regularly on linkedin you can even connect with me on clubhouse and twitter at johnny ball or speaking of influence on instagram i'd love to hear from you so have a great rest of your day and rest of your week see you for the next points of change